Ahoy, mateys, and welcome to another episode of I'm Ready, a SpongePod Squarecast. My name is Captain Eric, and we are continuing our sail through the second season of SpongeBob SquarePants. Uh, some quick news first about the show. Uh, I spoke to a few fans over the last few weeks over the uh, the content and structure of the show, and you know it was brought to my attention, which is uh, a really fair point, that I shouldn't be spending more time talking about Nickelodeon than I am about SpongeBob on a SpongeBob podcast, which is absolutely uh, a fair point to bring up. So starting with the first week of April, the This Week in Nickelodeon segments will be their uh, own show in the feed, both video and audio formats. Um, that way, uh, you can choose if you want to watch, uh, listen to This Week in Nickelodeon, and it'll give me some more time to talk about things a bit more and not feel constrained uh, with, you know, the SpongeBob episode and to make sure that that podcast stays at a certain length. Um, I can just kind of go free. And it, it really, there's no extra work on my part. I'm, I still have, you know, I'm still finding the shows. It's just, um, you know, making one extra file every week and then putting it in the feed, um, which is just, it's not a problem. It's not that much extra work. So, uh, yeah, that'll start the first week of April. But today, as this recording, it is March 4th, 2021. And it also is the debut of Paramount Plus, uh, the former CBS All Access. So instead of being its own app, if you had already downloaded CBS All Access, then as of today, it uh, it got an update to the Paramount Plus uh, branding, even though the the actual video system seems to be the same. Um, I did not have a lot of uh, use for CBS All Access. It, it did have a lot of Nickelodeon content, but not enough of the classic stuff to entice me to ever pay for it. Uh, and my roommate had it for such a short amount of time that I didn't get a chance to fully experience CBS All Access. So now that I have Paramount Plus, uh, which I, I hope most of you took advantage of their offer where uh, if you signed up for the yearly service and used the code Paramount Plus before today, uh, you got uh, the full year 50% off, which I don't know if they're still running that plan. If they are, it's well worth it. I mean, that's $25 for commercials for a year of this service or $50 for no commercials for a full year. Uh, I paid Disney Plus $70 for a full year. So to have access now to more of the classic Nicktoons that I like to see, uh, yeah, I, I think that's well worth the price. Um, but they're going to keep bringing exclusive content to the to the service. And for a lot of the stuff that they've announced, I am thoroughly excited for. Uh, and with today uh, being the debut, I actually watched the first episode of Camp Coral, SpongeBob's Under Years. Uh, there will be a separate episode released in a few days with a review of both uh, Sponge on the Run and all six episodes of uh, Camp Coral. Uh, I just wanted to bring, you know, th this is the the launch day of Paramount Plus, and I wanted to bring a little bit of my opinion to the table. Uh, having watched the first episode, uh, if this helps explain my my thoughts on it, if this was released as a TV special, uh, just like its own thing, like, hey, here's a you know side movie of SpongeBob and the characters at a at a camp. I think it would have been well received. Like I really thoroughly enjoyed the first episode. Uh, everything from its pacing to its to its character to its humor to the animation. Like yeah, sometimes it doesn't look the best, but in other times it it goes above and beyond what you would expect the characters to do or how they express. It's really expressive. Um, 
And I, there were some jokes that genuinely made me laugh out loud, and certainly some Easter eggs that I will say if you watch that first episode, definitely get keep your remote handy to pause the screen because th there's been a lot of love given to the backgrounds uh, of certain certain scenes, especially in the in SpongeBob's cabin, which was beautifully designed to kind of fit all the characters in the smart way. Uh, I I enjoyed it. I was able to just block out any thoughts in my head of of what this show is and just. Watched that first episode, clean slate, how do I like it? And I think there's a lot there that works. This is the first episode, though, and I have not watched the other five. Um, and as far as I can tell, out of all of the six episodes that have been released, the first one is the only one that is a full 22 minutes. The other episodes are split with like the classic SpongeBob format, two episodes for 22 minutes. So we'll see how this goes. Does it does it get better? Does it maintain quality? Does it dip a little bit? Uh, we will see, and I will have that review for you soon within the next week. Uh, but as the first episode stands, I, I enjoyed it. And I think everybody should at least just give that first episode a shot just to see... Um, you know how how it gauges with you and don't go based off of of just a few clips or a you know a tv spot or commercial or anything like that just you know it's 22 minutes of your time before we get into today's episode of squidville we are going to look at this week in nickelodeon history nick 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 nickelodeon nick 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 nickelodeon 17 years ago this week, on March 2nd, 1996, the show Space Cases premiered on Nickelodeon, ran for two seasons on the show, and cleaned up its run by 1997. I have no recollection of this show whatsoever. Um, even looking at the logo, I'm like, do I remember even seeing this in a commercial? I don't know how I missed it, but uh, I'm going to have to check it out and see if it holds up as a 90s show. 15 years ago this week, on March 3rd, 2006, the Nick Jr. show Wonder Pets premiered on Nick, Nick Jr. Not Nickel. I mean, yes, the channel Nickelodeon, but on the Nick Jr. block. Uh, this is a this was a weird show for me. Uh, it was definitely at a time I was I was 15 when this show came out, uh, but I did watch it a lot with my brother who was two at the time. So it fair game when you're you know you're watching with a toddler. But what was really weird for me about this show is that a couple years earlier. Um, uh, times that I'd stay home from school, I would catch, you know, some Nick Jr. indents flipping through channels, and they would have these little shorts with this animated guinea pig just leaving the cage and going on a little adventure. And it didn't talk. It was all kind of just music and sound effects. Uh, so then when this came out, and it was the same guinea pig, Linny, but now it's a superhero with a frog and a duck, or not a frog, a, a turtle and a duck. It was just bizarre because when I had originally seen that guinea pig, it wasn't a superhero. So, uh, but uh, I haven't seen this in years. I I don't know when my my brother wasn't that into it. I think he liked it, but he definitely had shows that he would watch way more constantly than Wonder Pets. But from what I remember watching with him, it was a it was a well made show. Um, I don't know if it holds up now, but it still could. I think that character, those those designs and that animation style definitely could work in 2021. 14 years ago, on March 3rd, 2007, LT Gray, The Adventures of Manny Rivera, premiered on Nickelodeon. Uh, although it did have a sneak peek on February 19th, and some may list that as the, as the premiere, but that's a sneak peek, silly. That's not an actual debut. It's a sneak peek. 
Uh, El Tigre is actually the very first Nicktoon to be animated with Adobe Flash, and it is a very distinct style that I've always enjoyed. Uh, it's a style that reminded me a little bit of Mucha Lucha and certainly of uh, that movie The Book of Life. Uh, just this this very distinct style. Um, and El Tigre, is, as far as I know, is the second Nicktoon superhero. There have been other superheroes in shows, but... Um, not many shows starring superheroes, so the, this was following Danny Phantom. So my expectations for the show, uh, from its look and its its plot, was very high. Um, I like the idea that uh, Manny's father is one of the greatest superheroes, and his grandfather is one of the greatest villains, and they they have this this very unique family dynamic. Like they still have dinner with one another, and uh, and Manny as El Tigre stuck in the middle of whether or not he wants to kind of go the hero side of things, go the villain side of things, or kind of stay in the middle between the two. Um, it didn't find its audience. It only ran for one season of 26 episodes and was finished by the September of the following year. Um, but there have been, you know, kind of slight rumors from the creator that uh, he's not exactly done with the story of El Tigre. How, what happens from here? I mean, it didn't show to be a popular uh, a show on television and as far as I know really hasn't had a resurgence in popularity uh, with like you know products and box lunch or things like that if that was the case I would say yeah go go back to that well uh, but hey look if something happens with this show in the future I'll be there I'll be excited to see it 10 years ago on March 4th 2011 the Nickelodeon movie Rango opened in theaters and let me tell you Rango is one of the most underrated animated movies I've ever seen. I absolutely adore Rango. I saw it in theaters, and it is such a well-made Western. It is such a well-made animated movie. And if you go back, and one of the best things I love about this movie is looking at the behind-the-scenes where uh, they built sets in these little uh buildings and had the actors dress up as their characters and it's not uh, Johnny Depp for example plays Rango he's not like in a chameleon suit but he's wearing all of the western garb that Rango would be wearing and they're actually acting out the scenes in this room and of course recording the audio which then gets used in the movie it's it's an ingenious way to uh to record voiceover and if I was in charge of an animated movie I think I would go that route to try to get the most natural experience possible instead of putting these people in closets and you know expecting them to to act and use their imagination put them in the put them in the set uh it, it's just a super fun movie if I know it is still up on Netflix so if you have Netflix check it out uh but if you've if you've never seen it definitely check it out if you have seen it then you know exactly what I'm talking about and and go watch it again. It deserves a second watch on its 10-year anniversary. Go and do it. Go do it right now. Stop this podcast and go watch Rango on Netflix. Six years ago, on March 4th, 2015, Robot and Monster ended its one-season run. Here's another show that only lasted 26 episodes in one season. Um, I don't know if it has. Uh, it's got to have fans out there. Um, I remember giving it an episode or two, and it just didn't click with me. I, I really liked the animation. I like the character designs, but maybe it's just the story 
that that really didn't click with me. But I I don't remember too much. But I I did give it a, a fair shot. Maybe it's something that down the line. I'll uh, I'll check out again, but I I love that Harlan Williams voice is monster. He's uh, he's a very funny guy, and I've enjoyed his his work in movies that I'm not going to mention here. <laughs> but uh, uh, in the same week, six years ago on March fifth, two thousand fifteen, another show ended its run, The Haunted Hathaways, a uh, sitcom about ghosts. You know, basically the story of Casper, uh, the movie, but if the ghosts were just kind of like nice people. Uh, but it's a story of a single mother and her two daughters moving into a home that is occupied by uh, three ghosts of a single father and his two sons. So uh, it's a, it's like, oh, I guess even like the Brady Bunch, but on a paranormal level. Uh, I, I didn't watch it. There was a lot of, it would take a lot for me to start getting into sitcoms on Nickelodeon. Uh, but it ran for two seasons, 47 episodes. Uh, not a bad run for a sitcom on Nickelodeon. And that is this week in Nickelodeon history. Before we take a visit to Squidville and have some canned bread while we're in our interpretive dance class, we're going to take a quick break and we'll be right back with Squidville. <laughs> 304 New Life Street, Squidward speaking. Magic Conj, will I ever get to meet Tom Kenny? Maybe someday. Oh, so you're saying there's a chance. Okay, okay. Should I tell fans of the show how they can support us? Yes. Goofy Goobers, supporting the show is shockingly easier than catching a blue jellyfish. Right from our Anchor page, anchor.fm slash spongepod, you can find links to all of our social media and a support button if you happen to have a few extra clams. Also follow us on twitch.tv slash spongebobpodcast, where it's not only the official home to our sister show, Video Bob Game Pants, it's also where I stream live drawings of various Nickelodeon characters and host the opportunity for commissions and giveaways. Lastly, the official merchandise store is now open at redbubble.com slash people slash spongepod, where various designs will be uploaded in Inspired by our show, including our official logo, which is now available on a multitude of products like t-shirts, stickers, duvet covers, and even a shower curtain. This is a podcast by a fan for fans and will always be fan-driven. Any way you see fit on supporting our show is much appreciated. Thank you and enjoy. I hate this channel. No! No! Thank you, Squidward, and welcome back. Uh, this week's episode is the Season 2 episode, Squidville. It is one of my favorite episodes of the entire series, um, and, and there's good reason for it. It's it's one of those episodes where it, it is nice to see Squidward kind of be happy for a little bit, even if it doesn't last long, because Squidward goes through an entire roller coaster of emotions throughout this entire episode, and you're just cheering for him. And I think, look at the most popular episodes of this show. Other than this, I think of Band Geeks is probably the most popular, another show that ends with Squidward kind of winning a little bit. And, and I think fans, even though from the beginning, you're supposed to see Squidward as this really cranky neighbor and this just really downtrodden individual. We like seeing him succeed because I, I look as adults, we, we kind of all feel like Squidward a little bit. We might not like going to our job. We just want to sleep in bed. We, we might be annoyed by others around us. A lot of people tend to tend to like Squidward as they get older. Uh, but this episode first premiered on April 28th, 2001. 
uh, 20 years ago. This is just absolutely crazy. The 20th anniversary of Squidville coming up. Uh, it was written by Aaron Springer, C.H. Greenblatt, and Meriwether Williams. C.H. Uh, Greenblatt in there, it, it just fits perfectly. There is a lot of chowder-level humor, I would say, in this episode. Uh, but it starts out very innocently of of SpongeBob and Patrick playing with reef blowers. What's really funny is the the initial opening of this episode has a has a gag of SpongeBob excited about his gift, his um uh, his package that he just got, which is the reef blower, uh, opens it in front of Patrick and just notice SpongeBob's facial expressions throughout this entire scene. Super expressive, super funny. Any one of the still images is hilarious to look at. Uh, but but he, he's like jealous or upset that Patrick also has a new reef blower. I don't know why. But they just immediately just get into some shenanigans with the reef blower and start sucking up pieces of their home. Eventually, they get to Squidward's, which apparently when they said that they wanted to make Squidward's house more beautiful, they that means get rid of the windows and the doors of this home. Just have this cylinder coming out of the sand because they suck all that stuff up. Uh, because of this, they end up destroying Squidward's house. And Squidward just finally, this is the last straw for him. He wants to move away. Uh, he's kind of teased it all the way back in the episode Opposite Day from season one. He doesn't, he, he loves his home, but he does not want to live next to SpongeBob and Patrick. And, and this was the last straw. They, they actually forced his hand. He's going to leave. Uh, so he moves to this gated community called Tentacle Acres, um, which seemed to be filled with uh, other species of himself, uh, squids, octopuses. There's a bit of a debate there, although um, he's like shaped. There's not a debate. He is a squid, but he his head is shaped of that of an octopus. But there's a bunch of cephalopods here in this uh, in this gated community, all of which love to uh, live in Easter Island head homes all exactly the same. They all love to ride their bikes. They all love to eat healthy. There's a health food store in town that sells canned bread, which excites Squidward. Uh, they all go to, you know, interpretive dance studios and play clarinet in the park. Um, and most of them, if you watch Squidward in the beginning, is really happy here. He goes through this routine and this wonderful segment of the episode, I'm sure most remember when thinking of this episode, of, of Squidward's head staying perfectly center in the middle of the screen while moving on from project to project and slowly but surely going from super ecstatically happy to his surroundings and the, uh, the things he gets to do to kind of just meh. Like, okay, this is all right, a little bit of a smile and then a bit of a frown to just utter disgust. But if you notice all of the squids around him, they all seem not happy of what they're doing. They have a frown, but they seem content. Their eyes are usually closed. They they've got this routine down so much they don't they don't even need to look at what they're doing. Uh, I don't, you know, other until the, at the end of the episode, you see kind of, you know, some squids acting out and, and awake and whatnot. But during that moment of of Squidward just kind of getting in line, I wonder if if this idea of the gated community is um, kind of like the idea of schools of fish or fish or aquatic life that kind of stay in packs like this is a pack of squids that, you know, stay in these gated communities who apparently also 
just don't like sponges and starfish? Is this just a natural thing in the sea that squids just need to stay away from sponges and starfish? Just all of them. They're all terrible. Uh, I wonder if any of these people live next uh, to the square pantses, the uh, SpongeBob's parents. That would be kind of funny to, if they live next door to a to a cranky squid as well as SpongeBob. Um SpongeBob and Patrick uh, eventually try to cork Squidward into coming back home. They show up to Tentacle Acres. We get this very funny segment of Patrick going up to the door and immediately when he sees a speaker you have to talk into, starts ordering fried oyster skins. Uh, and then uh, his the stench of his breath knocking out the security guards through the audio device. And this one guard, uh, Orville, comes in on, on screen, and I laugh every time just seeing this squid with this massive cop mustache. Uh, it, it's incredibly funny. Um, Squidward, during this moment, has he, he becomes the SpongeBob of the squids. Uh, he gets so bored. He's sitting in the park. He's kind of sad that he he has all this paradise and he can't enjoy it. He it's just getting too too same for him. Uh, and another fellow squid who is you know in the park puts down a reef blower, i.e. from the beginning of the episode. Squidward picks it up and starts having some fun with it. And what's really nice about this scene, what I absolutely love about this scene, is that they play the end credits song of the show while Squidward is playing with the reef blower and having some fun. It, it, it's, a, it's such a nice little melody that we associate with SpongeBob. So when you see Squidward having fun with the reef blower and that's the song that's playing, you're just immediately sensing this is, this is his SpongeBob moment. He's finally just kind of letting go and having fun. And of course, classic Squidward, every time he, he reaches this moment, and we will see it more times in the future of this show, but... Uh, anytime he gets so into what SpongeBob is eventually doing, he goes overboard. Uh, we've seen it with the paper. We will see it in, in Idiot Box. Uh, Squidward just it, it, it's the two extremes. He's either like really sad or he eventually gets really happy. And his fun with the reef blower is um, somewhat destructive, as destructive as SpongeBob and Patrick were. But it, it comes off a little bit more mean because he's kind of going up to people and changing and sucking in their uh eyes up and noses and switching them and and blowing up people's heads and he's kind of doing more personal things whereas spongebob and patrick you could you could say were just damaging property um eventually uh, a mob of squids surround squidward and and just kind of tell him off to tell him to leave they the worst they do is give him an organized list of complaints which is just such a squid thing i guess um, and, and during this scene, this is my favorite, one of my favorite jokes is that SpongeBob and Patrick, every time they like, they're not able to distinguish any of these creatures from one another. They think all of these creatures are Squidwards. Like, I don't know if SpongeBob just doesn't know that Squidward is a squid and that's what he means. But, um, it's funny when they're going through this mob and trying to ask people like, Hey, are you Squidward? Hey, are you Squidward? And they, they get done with people and SpongeBob walks over to Patrick and he says this line that just literally I had to pause the episode because I was busting a gut when he goes, any of these Squidwards can be the real Squidward. And I it's such a funny joke. Um, eventually, Squidward just decides that he's going to up and leave Tentacle Acres and shoots off into the sky with the reef blower. And we end on a really funny joke of SpongeBob and Patrick of going like, 
well, you know, we might not be able to find Squidward, but we know one thing. It's certainly not that guy. And, and of course, that is the real Squidward uh, doing something that they would not expect. It just it, it's a very fun, tight knit episode. And it's great to see Squidward have fun, even if it comes at the expense of others and he goes overboard. It, it's nice to see him win. Um, it's nice to see him be happy at first with with his canned bread, which, by the way, by the way, the Internet may tell you that this is just a meme, but canned bread actually exists. Uh, a, a month or two ago, I was in Walmart and in the canned food section, uh, B&M, which usually makes baked beans, uh, they have the exact same style of can as their baked beans, but it's baked bread. And they had a original version and a raisin version. And I had like I was blown away at seeing this. I literally was Squidward the first time he walked in. I was like, look, they have it. Canned bread. It is terrible. <laughs> I'm sorry. If you're on a budget and you need, I guess, little little domes of, of bread to put some butter on uh, and you can't afford an actual loaf of bread, sure. I guess baked bread is something you could pick up, but I, I definitely can't recommend it here. It was it was not good. I tried both of them. I tried both kinds of canned bread just to be sure. Maybe the raisins just gave it that little bit of an edge, and it actually I think was worse. So, uh, yeah, don't don't stay stay away from canned bread. It, it definitely just a squid thing. Um, this I like I said, this is just. Probably my it's got to be in my top five of my favorite episodes of season two. I'm, I'm having a tough time saying if it would be in my top three. Uh, but speaking of which, uh, there is I 100 percent promise that within this month, uh, pretty much right when we finish uploading season one on YouTube, which it's coming close, there will be a video uh, kind of listing my episodes in order of my own personal tastes. But if you've been watching along or listening along, uh, I, I'm, there's at least one of you somewhere out there who cares about what my ranking is. So uh, that will be coming soon. But here we have a, a very fine episode of season two, one of the best. And it's an episode I would show somebody who wasn't into SpongeBob. It's one of those top ones I, I would kind of go to if it was available. Here's one thing interesting about the show, though. If you actually uh, count the amount of changes with Squidward, his day-to-day -day activities, uh, apparently he was he was pretty much four weeks in at Tentacle Acres. He gave it a, a month, with, which I think is a fair amount of time to decide if you're really happy living somewhere or you're not. I think a month is pretty good. Obviously, if it's an extreme either way of really good or really bad, you would know within a week or two, but but a month is, is a good amount of time. Mail time. Mail time. Mail time. Mail time. Mail time. And that sound means it's snail mail time. If you would like to write me some snail mail, you can. You can send me an email at snailmail at euphonics.com, U-F-O-N-Y-X.com. Send me your questions or anything you'd like for me to read on the air, anything Nickelodeon, animation, SpongeBob related, I'm here for it. And today's question is from Dave in Ohio. Uh, with all of the recent SpongeBob spinoffs announced, if you had to create one yourself, what would you choose and why? Um... Yeah, for those that don't know, and uh, we just got a little bit more information about the Patrick Star show, which was given uh, a title in our first look at some of the main characters, which people are, you know, will have opinions on, and and it's certainly bizarre. The the first thing to notice is that the the quote unquote parents in this show do not look like 
Patrick's parents that we have seen in the past. Um, but as the art of SpongeBob on Twitter brought up, Patrick forgot what his parents look like. There's a very real possibility that that these just aren't his parents and he just assumes they are. We don't know uh, until we see more of the show. That would be incredibly hilarious if Patrick one day just like walks into a home and is just like, oh, I live here now. And hey, mom and dad. And they just accept it for some reason. Maybe they miss their son and he just shows up and and whatnot. Um, if I had to. First off, I don't think I would create a SpongeBob spinoff. I would rather work on the main show. Uh, but if I had to, I would go and make what I think Mermaid Man and Barnacle Boy would be as a show, um, either kind of like that cheesy Justice League of America, like those classic shows, um, kind of make it like that, how uh, how C-Lab 2020 was, um, or even just go the route of C-Lab 2021 and make it look like I'm taking an old Mermaid Man show and and remixing it in a in a fun way. Um, I, I think that would be the most logical because then it's just not have you don't even have to carry about the baggage of SpongeBob. You can just have fun and there's a nice gallery of villains you can choose from. So uh, th that's if I had to pick one. But if not, uh, if, it, if it's not like a, a forced situation, I, I'm not creating any spinoffs from SpongeBob. Uh, but that's that. That is this week's episode of the podcast. Thank you for all of the all of the support. If any of you out there are uh, constantly following the show, uh, if you can help out the show in any way possible, share all of our links, subscribe to us on any of the uh, platforms we were on, Facebook, YouTube, uh, follow us on Instagram and Twitter, all of that jazz. Any, any way you can help is well appreciated here on the ship. But thank you for joining me. Happy sales, and we'll see you next time. Magic Conj, will I ever get to meet Tom Kenny? Maybe someday. Oh, so you're saying there's a chance. Okay, okay. Should I tell fans of the show how they can support us? Yes. Goofy Goobers, supporting the show is shockingly easier than catching a blue jellyfish. Right from our Anchor page, anchor.fm slash spongepod, you can find links to all of our social media and a support button if you happen to have a few extra clams. Also follow us on twitch.tv slash spongebobpodcast, where it's not only the official home to our sister show, Video Bob Game Pants, it's also where I stream live drawings of various Nickelodeon characters and host the opportunity for commissions and giveaways. Lastly, the official merchandise store is now open at redbubble.com slash people slash spongepod, where various designs will be uploaded in Inspired by our show, including our official logo, which is now available on a multitude of products like t-shirts, stickers, duvet covers, and even a shower curtain. This is a podcast by a fan for fans and will always be fan-driven. Any way you see fit on supporting our show is much appreciated. Thank you and enjoy. <laughs>